for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, we are hot. We are rolling down the highway, asphalt cowboys for the next 12 hours. Yep, 11.59 right now, buddy. Kansas trip has finally begun. We are on vacation. We got the the wheels pointed towards Kansas, and we're going to be hunting. We're going to be drinking a bush light tomorrow night at this time, podcasting about our first day there. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, you look out, outside, right? Go a little closer right? with your, your mic there. I mean, is this your first time podcasting? <laughs> it is. It is. Wow, yep. Pete. Just got invited on for the first time. Jesus. But you look outside right now, you look at the sky, the sky's clear, the roads are dry, and like you said, we're, we're headed west. And we're just gonna chase lines the whole way out mm-hmm. there, buddy. I yep. think we can uh we can probably do it in two stops unless we need more. But uh you gotta think sunrise out in Kansas is probably man, something I should probably should know, but shortly after seven o'clock, between yeah. seven and eight o'clock that sun will be coming up and uh we will have one fill up before the sun comes up in my mm-hmm. opinion probably. So yeah, like you said, we are on vacation. Destination Kansas, and we are loaded down, and we are looking to come back even a little bit heavier. I'm hoping so. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping so. We, so we are. So, okay. First and foremost, a lot of people have reached out to us. We we've been, you know, we did the season series last year. We've we've talked about that. So if anybody new to this podcast might be hitting play for the first time on this episode, what I did last year was uh, season twenty two updates, and basically. And I'm getting a phone call right now. I'm gonna, I'm getting a phone call from Kevin Gross. He killed a buck so okay. tonight. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this. Hey, are you there? What's your cast on his way? You're on live on a podcast right now, so don't swear. <laughs> I can't promise anything. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. So everybody listening, Kevin killed a buck tonight. His target buck and this deer is absolutely giant. We're gonna do a podcast about it. 
Um, but uh, he killed one in Michigan, a slammer tank, and he uh, he's so big we had they had to weigh him. So, are you are you doing live weight, Kevin? Yeah, we're. I got a live weight, I'm not dressed. I'm gonna go live weight. I'm gonna go uh, two seventy two. All right, let me get let me let me go at David's it. David's gonna go just a second. Let me go. Uh, I'm gonna go two sixty one. He said two sixty one. Two sixty five. Let's go, dude. That's a that's a brute. That is a tank. <laughs> his, they're gonna need special order of form for his neck, man. <laughs> well, I got the company that can that with the good forms for it, so we'll oh, we'll do yeah. that. Heck yeah, yep. dude! Congratulations. And, and I got a pic- and I got the Michigan picture for you. So yeah, so everybody listening too, if you've listened to Kevin and I with, with doing our bowl league this year, the deal was if whoever lost had to wear, I had to wear a Michigan State jersey, and if Kevin lost, he had to wear a Michigan jersey, and he lost. He took a picture tonight, man of his word, Charles Woodson, Michigan jersey. He <laughs> took the picture, so I'll be posting it here shortly. But man, he killed a brute tonight. Yep. Can't say, uh, can't say I saw it coming either. It was a heck of a night. Heck yeah, dude. Well, don't tell the story now. We're going to podcast no, 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 when no, I no, get no. back. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Sounds good, man. We'll drink a beer. I got to gut this thing. I got to go. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. That's what it's all about right <laughs> there, is, man. Yep. Isn't it? It is. That, that's one of the special things about, you know, hunting season. And it's not just yourself out there hunting, but, like, the, the amount of phone calls and text messages text messages that like ramp up and getting those calls from your buddy that they killed one and and just listening to their voice hearing their stories over the phone is it it's it's awesome man it's for that sure. special time of year yeah and that's a deer he's been chasing for two years and he's just a big gnarly eight and uh you know he got an opportunity tonight and capitalized and the picture with him with a Woodson jersey because he's been a Michigan State fan his whole life, so to see him in the maize and blue is hilarious. Yep. So, well, I love the fact that he said that it just showed up on the day he killed it because I the jersey showed up today in the yes, mail. <laughs> yeah, so you know I would say that ninety eight percent of whitetail hunters are pretty superstitious. So, if, and if he falls into that camp, you can't he can't help but think like. Damn, maybe maybe I do need to wear the jersey out hunting. Yep. Like maybe yep. maybe it has something to do with it. Yep. So anyway, before I was rudely interrupted by Kevin, um, I was explaining the season twenty two series started it last year, and basically every day that we hunt, uh, I would do a live update when I came in from hunting and just kind of give play by play. You're gonna hear flow here as our directions going through this as well, so you might hear that in the background, but. You're going to hear play-by-play play of how the sit went and how the day was. And anything I did hunting last year, I did that. And uh, we did it this year, too, season 23, and there's mm-hmm. been some good episodes. Um, David and I were lucky enough to, to kill two target bucks this year. Yep. You killed one, and I killed one. Um, some great season updates. We actually have a season. We're going to wrap a season update from two sits that we did in this podcast. This is going to be a longer one because we're driving and just trying to pass the time. But we're going to do some updates from uh, the previous sits we had just a couple days ago. And then, guys, I mean, we're going to be, for the next 12 days or 10 days, whatever it is, 12 days, we're going to be putting a podcast out every day. Yep. And so when you wake up the next morning, you can hear what happened 
the day the day before. Yeah, basically. Is there uh, any better way to kick off November? I mean, November is here, bud. It's here. So and I, it's cold here in Michigan. It is. It is. Snowed I mean, yesterday. Yeah. The there's parts. I was just telling Aaron that on Halloween night, there's a Muskegon, Michigan. They woke up to with like 11 inches of snow mm-hmm. on Halloween, and I don't know what it is, but. Boy, does it seem to be like the week before Halloween will always be like a nice weather and you're like, man, this would have been perfect for the kids. Then Halloween hits and it's like the weather just plummets every year. It's just nasty out. Yep, for sure. Yeah, so, (laughs) I mean, the weather's right here in Michigan. I've got buddies. I got some buddies in Missouri. I got some buddies in Iowa hunting right now. Um, Some guys in Kansas. So I'm kind of getting like live updates on what's going on right now. And physically... Right now, the guys that are in Iowa are saying uh, they've used a decoy. Nothing. The decoy is not working there. The they're not responding to rattling right now. Bucks are still hitting scrapes right mm-hmm. now and kind of just getting ready. That's yep. that's the gist of Iowa that I've heard from. You know, that's a small sample size. So if you're in a different spot in Iowa, it might be popping right now. I don't know. Um, Missouri chasing like crazy. Uh, coming to antlers and then in Kansas, I got word yesterday that a guy, uh, hammered a big one that came right to the blind rattled, came right to the antlers, came in and shot him. Was it in the evening or morning? I don't, I don't know that. I don't. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Since you have, you know, a pretty good network of, of friends and colleagues across the, uh, the country, this is always something that. I've kind of watched, but I've never had like the, the group of people that try to bounce the ideas off and whatnot. You know, on social media, there's been a lot of times where like you see a cold front hitting in say Kansas or in Iowa or maybe even parts of Missouri. And then almost like 48 or probably 24 to 48 hours later, we're kind of getting that same weather system here in Michigan and we see that ramp up in movement. Like when you start hearing guys talk about like that, they're really getting on their feet in Iowa and that weather front's moving across the country. You can almost bet like give it a day or two and you see that same thing going on, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania. do, Do you see that? Have you ever noticed that? Like with, you know, the network of people you know across the country, do you ever pay attention to anything like that? Like how the trickle effect happens? Yeah, kinda? from yeah, like yeah. it kind of goes, you know, when the when a weather front hits, how it kind of moves across the country. Yeah, I've got a buddy that in particular lives in Wisconsin, and we'll talk pretty periodically throughout the season, and he'll say, hey, man, we're, I mean, we just dropped 20 degrees today, and then the, within the next day, it's like, or two, like it's happening to us, like, it's almost a mirror of like he's living a day before me mm-hmm. kind of thing, like yep. getting the same stuff. So yeah, I do see that a lot. Yeah, you know? and I I pay attention to that too. You know what yep. I mean? Especially, but you see now, in my opinion, we will be at the front of that this this next twelve days. So you know, for anyone back in you know the listeners in Michigan or Ohio or you know anything east of Kansas, you know like if we you hear an episode where we're like okay like. It, it kicked off today. Like mm-hmm. things were happening today. Like get ready because 24 to 48 hours after that, it could be coming to your place next. Yeah. Yep. For but. sure. So before we get into this real quick, I do want to rip off our sponsors. Got to, got to thank those people and those, you know, manufacturers and that really helped this thing tick and go and everything. And 
Um, so I want to do that real quick, and then we're going to get into t- t- tonight's episode. Um, first and foremost, uh, our website, fallpodcast.com. Go there, check out the merch. Uh, we're getting pretty depleted on stock right now, but I can tell you this. When I get back from Kansas, it's going to be first on the priority list to, to get some new hoodies uh, designed um, or even just get new shirts and everything in. So we're getting depleted on hats and everything. There are still some in stock, but I'm just trying to get down so we can get more stuff coming. So fallpodcast.com. Also, uh, I want to I wanna first and foremost talk about the Garmin giveaway we're doing right now. So we're rolling for until November 7th. So November 7th, when we're down here, we're going to do a live, uh, live basically reveal of who wins mm-hmm. the new Zero Garmin bow site. So basically, if you guys haven't been around and listened to this, uh, we're giving away a Garmin Zero bow site and a Zero A1i Pro. And all you have to do to, to get entered is go to the Fall Podcast Instagram page, or if you don't have Instagram, go to the Facebook page. I made a post last week, and you'll see the post on there. It tells you exactly what to do. You have to like the post. You have to follow our Instagram page and Garmin Fish Hunt page. They've got a few pages, but it's the Garmin Hunt Fish page or Fish Hunt page. Follow that if you haven't already, and then uh, comment on that post, Garmin Giveaway, and tag three buddies in it, and that gets you into the drawing. So do that to get in the drawing. It costs you nothing but just a little bit of time, and uh, it really helps out. So I appreciate everybody that's already done it. There's been a ton of entries already, so let's keep the ball rolling on that. So next, Latitude Outdoors. If you guys are looking for any mobile hunting gear in season right now, any platforms, any saddles, any ropes that you want to upgrade, anything like that, Check out Latitude Outdoors at latitudeoutdoors.com. Use the code THEFALLPODCAST, all one word, for 15% off. Next is Helix Broadheads. Use the code FALLHX10 to get your first or maybe second, third, fourth, fifth pack of broadheads. Maybe you've shot Helix before. Maybe you just want to try them out. You can get a single pack if you want as well. They come in an FJ2 form or an FJ4 with bleeders. Uh, Use the code Fall HX10 at helixbroadheads.com to uh, get some of those coming. Exodus Outdoor Gear. Um, were you pointing at me? Yeah, you see that buck oh, ready to mount that doe right there? No, I didn't see Oh, it. yeah, he was fully had his nose full right there. I'm, I'm looking at my notes right now, <laughs> you know, trying to pay the bills right now. That's what I'm doing. Uh, but Exodus Outdoor Gear right now, they are running. Uh, they're, they're basically, they launched something called the Exodus Vault. So if you go to their website, exodusoutdoorgear.com, up in the header, you can click the vault there. And basically what the vault is, is a way that they are going to put things in the vault that they are basically discontinuing. Uh, the render is in there right now, so the render is going to be going away. It's making room for their new camera, possibly, coming mm-hmm. out. Um so render right now, you can you can save $95 right now on the renders while supplies last. So if you go to Exodus Outdoor Gear, try that out. Um, look at the vault. Look at everything else they have, too. I mean, they got arrows. They got the rival cell cam. They got the SP-18 bundle uh, or the solar panel bundle. Check out all that stuff because they do make some good quality products. So ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Garmin. I just talked about Garmin. Go do the giveaway. Go to Garmin.com. Check out their sites. Check out their watches. Their inReach. I'm going to be putting the inReach to the test. Not to the test. I'm just going to put it to work. I know mm-hmm. it works. It's great. This week. So do that. Uh, Buck Bourbon is another one. Right now, 
we've said it before, you know, buck bourbon is known for their, their attractants and mineral and stuff like that. Um, if you're in a state that allows that right now, could be a time to maybe draw those does in if you're into that, you know, um, or just get that buck out of hiding that, you know, he might not come out if you're into something like that. So you can check that out. They also have ground blinds. Uh, they're great for getting kids in uh, to the woods or even rifle seasons coming up here for us in Michigan. It might be an option, like a budget-friendly option, the Rackhouse 300-plus ground blind to use that. Uh, the Distiller's Knife Kit, uh, it's basically a whitetail, whitetail hunter's best friend, mm -hmm. honestly, all in one pack. We got ours. We're, hopefully, we're going to be putting ours to use this, <laughs> this next 12 days. Yes. I can tell you that right now. Yes, sir. <clears throat> um, but... We have a code TFP20, so the fall podcast, but just the TFP20 um, at buckbourbon.com. Prime Archery. We just did a big podcast. With we Prime. did. It did. is going to be coming out on November 14th. Just Look, wait for it. Just wait for it. Mm -hmm. It's a big one. Go to Prime, G5Prime.com. Check out their bows. We're shooting the RevX. Uh, we're shooting the twos. Right now, and maybe something else. We'll maybe we'll leave it right there. Maybe we might be toting something that could be hasn't even been out yet, which is great. It's cool. It's awesome. <laughs> You'll get to hear about it. <laughs> G5Prime.com or check out your local Prime dealer for that. Last, America's Best Bowstrings. Use code The Fall at America's Best Bowstrings.com to get some strings coming. I think I I don't think I missed one there, did I? No, that's all it, buddy. Reading off my phone. So, basically, that's what we've got right there. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about the last couple hunts that we had here in Michigan. Mm -hmm. We uh, we kind of saved the updates just because it, the timing has been, you know, we've been trying to do a lot of stuff with family because we know we're going to be gone for two weeks, basically. Um, so... We just didn't do the updates, so let's let's talk about. Um, I hunted. Let me let me kick mine off here. Yep. I hunted. Oh boy, what morning was it? Today's November first. I hunted. Uh, is it Sunday morning? Sunday morning. Yeah, October 29th. So basically, what I did is the twenty eighth. I should have hunted the twenty eighth, but I had some family stuff going on, and basically, my wife and I woke up. Saturday morning, and I just went on a gas and glass. That's yep. all I did. I just got some coffee, and she was just hanging out at the house, and I'm like, I'm going to go glass. So got in the truck and drove around and to all, a lot of the properties that I can hunt. And, man, I'll tell you what, the 28th was the first day that I saw bucks just getting right after it, mm -hmm. like good bucks, shooter bucks chasing. And I'm like, well, shit, I probably should have hunted. But I, I just couldn't, honestly, that morning. So I made a plan for the 29th to hunt. But it was it was a little obscure. It was uh, a lot of lot of crops still up, and on the one particular farm I have permission on, it's quite a ways away from my house. My plan was was to get up and get in early, but I was gonna like where these two fields come together. I was just gonna kind of sit in some brush, basically, or just and just kind of let it happen. Yep. And there was there was two particular shooter bucks that were chasing does in this field. I'm like, yeah, if they got them still in the area, then I can have, you know, I'm able to call them over or make a move on them or anything like that. And, man, when it got daylight, 
they were still there. Still and there. I was in the middle of them. Mm-hmm. And they were a ways off. They were a ways off. Um, But they were so locked on those does, they weren't doing anything but what those does were wanting yep. them to do. Yep. You know, they those does wanted to go a certain direction, and those bucks didn't want them to go to that direction. So I basically just sat there, just watched them bed down, stay with the does, chase them around a little bit. And finally got to the point where I just had to do something with my life that day. And I just, <laughs> it's like, well, I'm not going to win this match, yeah. you know. You're and at the mercy of that doe. I was. Mm-hmm. I was. And uh, so that was kind of the gist of the 29th. And then uh, Monday, the 30th, was kind of going to do the same thing. But I wasn't going to get into the field before dark. What I was going to do was gas and glass and just try to make a move. Mm-hmm. Try to make a move. I'm sorry, not the 29th. It would have been Tuesday. It would have been yesterday the 31st is what I was going to do. Um, it would have been Halloween. And so that's what I did. I just got in the truck and just drove around and found the deer I was looking for. And I put a stalk on him. Yeah. He was with a doe. Um, he was on the other side of a hill. It was a wide open bean field. And there was a couple rises in the bean field. And I, it was, it was right up against some standing corn. And uh, I had the wind right. And I picked a, I picked a point and I'm like, once I pop over here, I had a landmark. Once I pop over here, I figured I'd be within 25 yards and it was just going to be a pop up, get a range, dump him kind mm-hmm. of thing. Thought it was basically going to be dynamite. Well, it took me 16 minutes from when I last saw him to get in a position and start making my final ascent and just taking it slow and steady. There wasn't a lot of wind. I had a crosswind, though, so I had, the wind was good. And ultimately, when I got to where I was pop up, when I was going to pop up, he Houdini'd me. Yeah. He uh, went into the corn with the doe and was nowhere to be found, and that was that. Yeah. That is was kind of my... Is that a, that's, that's a pretty big cornfield, too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a real big cornfield. I mean, a cornfield that if you wanted to walk it, it would take you <laughs> a long time. Yeah. I mean, we're talking... Uh, we're talking a full, almost a hundred acres. Yeah. And you, you got to think at this time of the year that if a buck pushes a doe into that corn, like they will stay in there until the job is done. Oh yeah. Right. And yeah. like you, <laughs> I, you know, and I've heard of guys like that will get into a cornfield and like stalk their way through it. If it's windy or wet conditions, you know, Eventually, they may see them laying down in there, but man, that's that's tough hunting. That's it a is. tough way to hunt right there. But those were kind of my last couple sits there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just kind of like, you know, I need to keep packing for Kansas. And I need, eventually, I think you need to, if you're in a position like I am with a family um, and you got priorities that are way higher than deer hunting, um, I have to shut my mind off of Michigan, and I have to, like, I can't multitask for yeah. it. So I have to close the book on one thing before, like, I can open the book on another. So it, was, it got to a point where I'm like, okay, it, you know, I can't just keep lingering here. I got to shut this book so I can open Kansas, and, and we're full-fledged ahead Kansas now. Yeah, okay. So so that puts a bow on October for you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's do this. Rate your uh rate your October on like a um like on a letter scale like an A B C or D like give me your overall 
year oct year twenty twenty three October. You know, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a B. Okay. I'm gonna give it a B, and the reason being is because <laughs> 2021's October was an A plus. Yeah. Because, I mean, I I really couldn't do much wrong that that October. I mean October 13th. Oh, and actually, so like 2021 would have been A plus. October 13th, I killed a great deer. October 26th, I killed another great deer. Um, had an encounter, a couple encounters in October, and then November second, I killed another good deer. Mm -hmm. And then last year, 2022, October 13th again, I killed a great deer, and then October 21st, I killed a great deer. So that would be more of like an A minus. Okay. This was like a B. I killed a great buck opening night. I had an encounter with Tupac. That was awesome. I had a couple good encounters the end of October, and it was a really good. B's not bad. I yeah. mean, it was it was. I would I couldn't ask for any more than, you know, than what had happened. Um, but man, it didn't disappoint. I yeah. love October. Yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, I uh, I thought maybe you'd give it a little bit higher, and this this is why I I know like you talked about in in twenty one, like it you know the numbers were there right like yep. three bucks like and then last year two bucks, but when I look at your October, even though in some way. It was a little bit short and sweet. It was very strategical, though. Very. And yes. I think, like, that that rates up high for me. You know what I mean? Because, like, even if you look back at your other years, like, you know, shooting no-go, would you rate that at the one of your, like, your very top, like, most precise going in for a strike? Most surgical deer ever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, the, yeah. like, that, for me, that's heavy. Like, that, well, that, that rates well. That makes a good point because I will say... I had a plan this year to be more surgical, more strategic mm -hmm. than I ever had been. And I only hunted, I mean, I sat in the saddle only five times this year, and I did two on the ground, you know, so seven sits, I guess you could call it. Yep. Um, well, I'd call it six with a stalk. Um, but I will say, like, you know, no-go, it wasn't particularly for him. It was just for a buck that was you know, going to call that home. You know, I planted that, that, um, scrape tree in the spring mm -hmm. in April. I went back and looked, it was like in April that I put that in there, made the scrape then put some forehead gland on it. Then deer were hitting it, got it conditioned. Then I went in there and just kind of put the olive garden in there, you know, a little Ponderosa and gave him a little something else to eat. But going in there that night, it was for no go. Yep. Like that was, and he read the script. I can't wait for everybody to see the footage. Everybody's <laughs> asking about it. I'm like, guys, we got, David and I have got some killer footage this year and still trying to figure out how we're going to lay this out. But like, it's, I want it to be really good. Yeah. So that's October. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> October. We're not, I mean, we're just, we're just unzipping the pants in november right now that's <laughs> <laughs> yep so yeah no I, I i think you had a great october man but yeah so so jumping into my update um from when everyone's last heard me I, i've basically have had one more hunt i think my daughter bailey i think she's been out two more times since my last update and she almost killed her her biggest buck that she's ever killed back on the 26th of october and she got to learn what it feels like when uh when it gets too dark on you 
you know we're like yep when when you first lay eyes on <laughs> on the that. buck that you know when sh- we when we seen this buck she instantly was like i am shooting that buck and i was a more i was like yes you are <laughs> like but it was we knew we were we were fighting against time yep and you and know her dance schedule too yeah you know what i mean yeah and you know hunting in a ground blind with a kid like it gets dark in those ground blinds pretty quickly yep. you know compared to what it, you know, you're looking outside and it's like man you can see and you know, as this as this buck is slowly taking his time, she keeps looking. I can I can see I can see Dad. Then it goes to I can kind of see. And when she said I can kind of see, I, that's when I told her I said, then that's that's it. That's where we draw the yeah. line, you know, because when that deer gets in front of you, it's, it can't be I kind of see. It's got to be I can see him real well. And so she learned a, a, a you know a tough lesson right there of what it's what it feels like when it gets dark too quick on you. But I tell you what. It's that encounter, like she's looking at the calendar hard. When you get back from Kansas, this is where I'm going. I'm going back out. Like I was like, okay, like I I respect <laughs> it. I like that. But then, uh, you know, I took I took the wife and I. We we went up north over the the last full weekend of October, and I was totally okay with it. I knew the hunting. You had, you had, you put a, a a bow on on October. I did until something. I did, transpired. yeah. <laughs> I I put a bow on October that weekend, you know, because you know I knew I was going to Kansas, you know, for twelve days. So, so yeah, let's go up north and and you know do it, have a good time up there, do whatever you want to do, and and we did. We had a great time up there. But then uh, Monday, October thirtieth, rolled around, and kind of as we're going through the day, I'm packing for Kansas, and I knew that I had to run my daughters out to dance and. Was probably pretty much gonna, you know, be a shot to go hunting that night, and then all of a sudden, you know, my my wife Amanda, she said, "Well, I got a I got a bunch of work I need to do, so there's no sense of you really just sitting around doing nothing. You should go out hunting." But then also, like, I had to take my girls to dance, so I was like, "Man, by the time I get back, you know, sunset right now, we're in like sunsets at like six thirty. Yep, and early, yeah, early, and it's been overcast yeah. too, so. And so on Monday, I was like, man, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> like, uh, we'll see. And so I kind of had everything already was somewhat laid out because of Kansas. So I was like, well, it's not like going to be take a much to get everything around. And you, I remember you text me, you're like, you out in a tree? And I was like, dude, I like, I have a 30 minute drive right now before I can even think about being in a tree. <laughs> so that gave me a little bit of anxiety. But, uh, you know, there's also part of me that said, what do I have to lose? Like, right after today, like that's it. My hunting's that's done for October. Um, I won't be back from Kansas till middle of November. Like, I might as well, <laughs> I might as well send it, you know. Yeah. So, and I am, I'm hauling the mail trying to get out there. <laughs> and I think of a, I think of a spot that I, I know a good deer is, you know, up in this block of timber. You're going with the numbers. Yep, I'm going yeah. with the numbers. Uh. And I knew the deer pretty well. I I'd seen him all summer, and he's been pretty f- frequent in the uh, in the fall here. But I also wanted a place. You know, we had like a northwest west wind, and a pretty had a pretty good clip too. It was probably ten to fifteen mile an hour, but it was cold. Like it was like high thirty degrees in the middle of the day on October thirtieth here in Michigan. And so I picked a spot that I felt like maybe I could be in the game with him, but I wanted to be able to slip into it as quickly as possible. But knowing that we were losing a lot of leaf cover, what this is 
really important for later on in the story is instead of like taking somewhat like the easiest way to walk, even though the easiest way is it is the longer way, but I would have had to walk along this, this woodlot edge and with the foliage pretty much all being dropped right now, I felt like it would have skylined me from anything that was inside the inside the woods. Mm-hmm. And so what I actually did is I parked on the side of a road, and I picked a row in the in the row crop field. It was it's beans, and I picked a row in about where I needed to go into the timber. To my north, I directly from the south, I directly walked straight line to it, like straight like line myself up right with my pin that I had in the woods and I got in there pretty clean and I didn't have to get in there real far like this isn't I didn't go in there real deep put the, you know put the latitude sticks up on the tree got up in there set the x-wing and I stand on top of that x-wing platform I still only have my linesman belt on and I'm directly facing north I got a northwest west wind and I look over to my east and I'm like, God, that, that kind of looks like that, like an ass of a deer over there. And You say to the east? Yes, to the east of me. And I put the binos up, and I'm like, well, <laughs> there's the deer. There's the buck I'm in here after, and he's just standing there. And he's looking straight away from me. Did he just get up, you think? <laughs> so by the looks of it, like, so what happened is when, when I noticed him, he stood there for 10 to 15 minutes. And w- my gut feeling is, it, at that minute, was that he was possibly with a doe. Because where he was, I couldn't picture him exactly bedding there. Sure. But he could have been just outside of it with a doe. But the way he stood there was either she got up and he was waiting to see what she did. Or maybe they heard me a little bit. Because he wasn't too sure what was going on. Like, he was just standing there taking all his senses in. And you could see a doe with him? I could not see a could doe not. with him okay. at that time. But just trying to, like, read his b- body language, I was just trying to, like, figure out exactly what's going on. Well, so I identify what bucket is, and all I have is my linesman belt on, so I'm like, well, Bow's on the ground, everything. Bow's on the ground, you know, so I get the gear strap put on. I get the bow up, and he's constantly looking directly away from me. Like, he's locked on something. So that was, the more I watched and the more I was starting to really believe that he had a doe in there. Get the bow up there, get an arrow knocked, like, okay. And then I'm thinking, well, let's see if we can get the tether on the tree. Let's get settled in here. Get the tether on the tree, take the jacket off the pack. Put the jacket on, and I'm, he just standing there. He and he's not even like looking towards me. Wow! And it, he's he's seventy, eighty yards away, and as as terrible as it sounds, it's like if if he's not gonna look over here, let's let's try to get the camera on the tree. You know what I mean? Like let's get some. I'm because isn't that a pain in the ass? It is. You gotta put the camera arm on. It, it like, is. I gotta get the camera dug out of the bag. Yep. Yep. And it's like. You know, but the whole time I'm looking at where he's lined up, I'm like, dude, it would be, you got all these yellow maple leaves falling. The woods is beautiful. And he's, you know, like, you know, a lot of times you see a good deer and it's like, gosh, branches are in the way. No, there was nothing in the way for this footage. Like it would, he could just be standing there. Well, I got, 
I got my entire hunt set up, and he's still standing there. And it's funny because I get him in the in the screen, and I'm kind of watching the screen. I'm watching him, watching the screen, because I'm like, there's got to be a doe or another buck, or there's something around here that has him caught up right there. Yep. But you know, I, I looking at his looking at his hide, like his hide was all you know roughed up and stuff. You know, so I thought maybe I was like, man, maybe there's another buck in there, and he got his buck kicked possibly, and he's just kind of standing there trying to gather himself. But in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't, I don't really know of a buck in the area that's going to really kick his butt. You know, he's, he's kind of a, you know, a beastly type of deer. Well, sometime in between me watching him, then looking down on the camera screen, one of the times I looked down on the camera screen and he's gone. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> like, where'd he go? You know, and I'm like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, you know, we'll, we'll just keep an eye on the area over there. And it wasn't probably 10, 15 minutes after that, I see this this little six point work down from the north to the south, right in there. And I lost track of the six point. And I had the camera rolling over there. And so I kind of looked down at the camera screen to figure out if if it, the six point's going to be in the camera. And I, when I looked down at the camera screen, I was, all I can see is this tree just going back and forth, back and forth. I'm like... Oh shit, dude! That that big one's tearing up that tree. I mean, this tree just—it's leaning <laughs> like a McDonald's arch, dude. Just lean the work, and all of a sudden, the deer breaks loose of the tree, and it's a little six point. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> what? But as soon as that, as soon as that six point broke loose of that tree, boom! Here comes this big adult mature doe come flying out of this little thicket, and I was like. Oh shit! I'm just letting the camera roll right there, and all of a sudden I can just see main beam come out from that thicket. And here he is again. So what he had done, he he had just popped back in that thicket because that doe was in that thicket, and he that this big eight point comes out and runs this six point off, and this six point comes right to the base of my tree, right to I'm talking five six yards, and I'm just like, of course it couldn't be the doe, right? Because like much like your story, I'm at the mercy of whatever that doe does. This yep. buck's gonna do, and they make their way off to the north, and he pretty much leads my life for that night. Mm. And you know, I end you up got seeing, some great footage of got him, some cool footage of it. Uh, you know, I end up seeing six bucks that night. They were all they were all dinks after him. There was one, you know, respectable two and a half year old six point. Uh, nothing I wanted to shoot, but. Knowing that deer was in the area, but going to Kansas, I told you, man, like if, if I was hunting that area for the next week, I could just put my time in. I, I wouldn't even adjust my setup. I'd stay right in that same tree and just ride it out. And I would, you could kill that deer up there. Yeah. And, and he's, he's awesome. He's a really cool deer. He doesn't have his, his tines are kind of short. He's got big swooping main beams. So when he looks at you, he he looks the part, right? Big, heavy main beams. But that is that is my October that it, it ended very well, even though I didn't get a shot. Like, that is, that is such a success for me. Like, we talk about a lot of people measure success in different ways. But when you go into an area looking for a specific buck and you lay eyes on him, Yes, it'd be better if it was in bull range and an arrow was released, but putting eyes on the exact deer you go in after, that is so rewarding to me. I, I absolutely love that, but that's a wrap on October for me, man.
Yeah, and and just to kind of give everybody a little bit of what we see right now as we sit here, it's November 1st, uh, soon to be November 2nd as we're recording this. But in Michigan, where we just came from, you just need seat time right yep. now. You need seat time. Don't try to overthink it right now because where we're, we're at in Michigan, the big deer are with the does right now. They mm-hmm. are locked down with the does. Uh, they are not getting very far from the hot ones, and the little bucks are running around with their peckers in their hands, mm-hmm. basically. That's what they're doing. Yep. Um, you just need seat time. Don't overthink it. You know, if 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 you're in an area that you're seeing consistent buck movement, even though it might not be the buck you you are after, but you are in his core area, don't don't think you have to do a, a rational change mm-hmm. or, or emotional decision. Just I know it can be boring. Just stay the course and yeah, and seat time, seat time, seat time. Right now is the name of the game. He will, he will give you an opportunity. Yeah. It might take you four or five days, but he'll give you an opportunity. Yeah, and you know it's, it's very. If you need to move, if your gut's telling you to move, then maybe move. But the one thing I I've done wrong in the past at this time of the year before Aaron is becoming too mobile because we're such yep. we're we're such heavy mobile hunters. When it gets to be this time of the year, if you got a good spot, like you said, like you just got to ride the hole out sometimes. And I look back at some of the years that I maybe didn't find success during the rut, and it was like, man, I moved around too much. Moved around <laughs> way too much. I should have stayed the course and trusted the spot. What right now, if you had to give anybody some advice right now, um, where would you be targeting? Like, are you targeting a scrape? Are you targeting, you know, rut funnels? You targeting does? Like, what are you targeting right now for where we're at in Michigan? Where we, you know, the stage of the rut we're at is literally like I just said, the the big shooter bucks, older deer are are on the does right now. Yeah. So, you know, when we hit this beginning week of November, let's just call it November November first through the fifth, I start laying off my scrapes a little bit because that is when I'm not saying they they don't get used, but that is when they die down the most for me. Now, the scrapes that will stay the most active happen to be on edges of bedding areas, and not just a buck bedding area, but possibly a doe bedding area. So if I was to tell you right now, my most active scrape, it's not because of necessarily the scrape, it's because of the location. And like, it's a, if I would sit there, because it's on a downwind side of a bedding area, okay? And my, in my areas in Michigan, like I don't have like what people can pick out on maps of like a really good funnel or really good pinch in, in farm country because a, a lot of my stuff is either swamps or blocks. But what I'm looking for is I'm looking for those interior areas between known doe bedding areas. I want two of them. And I'm going to sit right in between them. And if by chance one ha- there's a scrape in that area, all of a sudden that, that like takes that level of confidence up a little bit. I don't have to be right on that scrape. But if one's in the area, that helps, you know. But I, uh, I'm a big advocate for hunting downwind of doe bedding areas in November. That is, that is my kind of go-to. How about you? I, you know, I'm going to echo what you say or what you just said. I'm going to 
I'm going to take it a, a, another step here. Um, if you if you have a scenario where you can get in between two different bedding areas, two doe bedding areas. So I found a lot of success doing that. We've got a particular spot where two, two cedar swamps are about, uh, I'd say probably 200 yards apart, maybe. Maybe not quite that far, 150 yards. Um, sit in the downwind side on a, basically where it comes, basically where, where both swamps kind of point out to each other, but it's still a good distance away. Sitting down, downwind of that, mm-hmm. and just trying—it's like a—it's more of like a rut funnel. Yep. Um, I love that. And yeah. you and you and what you do is you get cruising bucks. You yep. get bucks that that either had already bred a doe or maybe not found a doe, and they're just popping from bedding area to bedding area. Yeah. You know, yep. that's what I really like. And you know, when we talk about maybe how the scrapes die off a little bit, this is what I'll see in Michigan. They'll kind of die off those first couple of days in November. But then, like, when I get towards, say, the 8th, 9th, and 10th, I'll get a big, big deer, big target buck to check them. And in my belief, what's happening is he's he's bred one, and he's now on to the next one, and he's going to go check. He's got a circuit out there. Mm-hmm. And when you get those scrapes near those known doe bedding areas he knows he knows that those those doves are still going to be wa- walking through those scrapes all the time and that's it's like his trap to go yep go trap one For sure that's what i would be doing in michigan you know but i uh i think you know if, if going out here we're headed west right now temperatures are going to be a little different i'm i'm almost going to treat this a little bit like i'm jumping back one week in michigan yep. that's yeah. what i'm going to do more of the seeking mm-hmm. phase yep, yep. Like almost like we're in October twenty fifth through the thirty first. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. That's I'm the exactly same right. I was the same way. So let's let's transition here to Kansas. Let's let's put a bow on Michigan, put it a is. bow on October. Here we go. We are moving. This is Kansas now. So um, you know, just for just for context, we're gonna be in Kansas for a while here. And it's looking like the weather is going to be well. I'm, you know, I'm just gonna look it up here so I yeah. can get the get you dialed in. There's one thing that we don't really have to worry about is there is only a chance of rain for like one day maybe, and mm-hmm. I don't even think it's that big of a chance. But uh, it's as, been dry out here. It's been real. It's dry. been very dry. They have been getting pounded with rain though. I do know that for a couple of days, but even so, basically there's there's eleven of us hunting and. Um, six of us are already down there. They, the six of us, six of our group went down last night, drove through the night, and the rest of us five are coming down tonight. We had a, some work obligations, some family obligations that we just, you know, couldn't come down for a day. So we were there, you know, those guys hunted tonight. Um, a couple of them scouted. The, the general consensus was that they did see three bucks, uh, even just driving around that were, shooter worthy mm-hmm. um very dry they said and uh they kind of just dove into some areas that they knew from previous years yep and david and i are the newbies basically and and one other guy tom he'll i'm sure he'll make an appearance on here too we're we're the noobs these guys the other guys have been here you know for four years so we're we're coming into some uncharted waters that we've never seen so i really <laughs> like that we're the uh what is it Greenhorns? Are we the Greenhorns? Is that what? Is yeah, that what that's yeah, called? The Greenhorns. Yeah. I I got a question for you. Yeah. 
because I, I haven't asked him this, and, I, and I've been meaning to. Is this camp called anything? Is this just Kansas camp, or you know, I don't know. I got to figure that out. Yeah, because I feel like it needs a, it, it needs a name. Yeah, we'll figure that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll we get on the horn after we get done recording. Because yeah. if they've been doing it for you know a handful of years now, it's this isn't just a like, hey, let's go try this. This isn't a, an established yeah. event. They have been calling it WFO Outdoors, I think, and it stands for something I can't really <laughs> talk about. So we might have to come up with a with a with a altered alternate name a politically correct name yeah yeah <laughs> for kids okay so here's the weather breakdown so um right now it is 40 degrees ish there um i'm going to start with the highs so tomorrow high is 61 friday 67 saturday 71 sunday 73 monday 75 tuesday 71 Wednesday 60, Thursday 60, Friday 59, Saturday 57, Sunday 61. So those are the highs. The lows range from 45, 51, 58, 56, 45, 41, 39, 40, 45. So that, you get it. That, mm-hmm. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at some south, southwest winds transitioning to when the, the temps start getting colder next week. It's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of move around the dial to the northwest north wind so um that's what we're looking looking for 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 weather right now yeah well you you, you look at that that long range forecast and it'd be very easy to go oh man it's it's going to be warm yeah that's going to be warm you know but it could be worse it's, it's november right uh like you said no no really rain so these aren't going to be terrible hunting conditions no. so that's going to be nice but the, what I really like, Aaron, is if it's going to be a little bit warm like that, I I would rather have that on the front end of this trip. Yes. Because what the if you if you guys were listening when Aaron just read off those changes, and even though when you when you hear that change from seventy five to sixty, yeah, is sixty still warm? Sure. But that's a fifteen degree temp drop. On if I remember correctly, it's going to be on November seventh. And if you are going to get the weather to change for you on the 7th, the 8th, the 9th, the 10th, give me those days for the best weather on our trip. I, I would I'd pay to have that. And the fact that, you know, that's going to give us, we're going to have a handful of days to really get our bearings out here, really get a like, sense of maybe what's going on, get some miles on our boots, some miles driving around, like, Going into those days when it's going to be the probably the most important to put the seat time in the saddle, like we are going to have a really good idea of what's going on, and I that that excites me. I I couldn't agree more. I'm going to ask you right here. I'm going to ask you the tough question. If you are in fact successful, what day are you going to be successful? November eighth. November eighth. Yep. Is it going to be a morning or evening or middle of the day? Be, it's going to be mid morning. Like, mid morning, like ten o two. Ten o two. Well, hold on, wait, wow. hold on, hold on, wow. hold on, hold on. You've thought about this. Hold on, hold on. No, I didn't think about it too much because I got to remember we got time change this weekend coming up. Yes. So ten o two. Yeah. Well, see, we got time change plus we're gaining an hour, so it's going to have me all thrown off. But no, I like I like the ten o two. Ten o two on the eighth. All yep. right. Yeah. How about you, bud? Well, I want it to be the 7th just because I've got 
That's the seventh is, is one of my favorite. Now, too. I feel like everybody says it is because you you hear the Don Don uh, Don Higgins and, and oh, it's the Bill Winky. It's, it's the Bill, Bill Winky's yep. favorite day. But I will say, with that set aside, I probably wouldn't have said that day if I wouldn't have killed the Hambino on that day, mm. November seventh, two thousand and nineteen, at three thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. But November seventh that year. It was so cold in the morning that I I had to have like two pairs of gloves yeah. on. Hold it. What time did you say you killed him? Three thirty. Really? Really early. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm you know since you did the eighth, I'm I'm gonna because because the eighth is gonna be like the second day after the the weather changes there. It's the right? first day. The seventh is high of seventy one. Ooh. So you're on the day of the change. It goes from high of 71 to a high of 60 on I'll, the 8th. I'll stay, I'll stay with that then. Okay, so I was thinking it was a day earlier. But, dude, that, I'm telling you right now, Aaron, that the second half of next week is going to be yeah. special. So I'm, I wish I could give you two days because I feel <laughs> the same about both days. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Friday the 10th. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Friday the 10th, and, I'm, and it's going to be – it's going to be an all-day sit, and uh, I'm going to kill a buck at about noon 30. Ooh, that, I like that's, I like that. Yeah. You know, you, the first thing I think about when you say the 10th, I think about, like, man, that would be that feeling, the rewarding, oh, a whole week of hunting and then it finally coming together. That would be extremely a rewarding yeah. hunt. I hope we just didn't jinx ourselves. I'm hoping like hell we have some success. Probably but. kill one tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of killing one tomorrow night, all right, let's talk about it. Okay. You know, what uh tomorrow night. Yeah. Hundred and twenty five inch ten point comes out. Are we bending the limbs back? Well, if he's one tw- okay, so for all the listeners, this is it's not even like a, a phobia, but this is if he's a 125-inch 10-point, that guarantees that he's probably pretty wispy. And I'm going <laughs> to try to stay. Like, I don't. like I don't. Coming from the guy that shot the deer last year named Wispy. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. See, like, I that's. That's, that's a 10-point. That's probably 125. Right. Yeah. He's right in there. And it, so it's like, if I can stay away from that, because here's the thing, guys. I get it. I'm coming out here for the experience, but I'm going to be extremely bold and honest about it. I am coming out here to shoot a big freaking buck, dude, and that's that's exactly what I'm hoping to do. So if tomorrow night, man, you know, a 125 inch, 10 point rolls by, I'm gonna try to pass them as much as I can, dude. Okay, okay. The boys right. are rolling. They are rolling. They just came up just hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cole and uh, Eddie and and Pat are in the other truck. They just passed us. We were. Leading the train, I don't know. There, he's going Let's about ninety-two, or or not ninety-two. You're going eighty-two. You're going about eighty-five yeah. right now. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. You know, what are you doing tomorrow night if that happens? Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal: develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com At MidwayUSA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. 
Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. If a Pope and Young comes by tomorrow night, it's going to be really hard for me to not kill him. Yeah, like what if it's the very, very first whitetail you see while hunting in Kansas? I hope he doesn't give me a shot. <laughs> be, okay, I'm I'm coming from a little different, not not than you probably, because you've never, have you killed a public land buck before? No. Okay, nope. so this is my first ever public land hunt. I mm-hmm. mean, we did hunt public land up in, you know, Northern Michigan. Northern Michigan yep. last year. We only sat twice. Honestly, I didn't think they were very – it was just kind of a camaraderie hunt. I, I'm not really going to count that. Yep. Um, this is my first, like, legit public land hunt. Yeah. Um, I've never killed a public land deer. My goal going into this trip is I would really like to kill something 130. Yep. Like, 130 or bigger is my goal. I will say that as the days go by, that goal might come down a little bit. I'm okay. not going to lie to you at all. But the first night, if a Pope and Young comes by first night, it's going to be really hard for me to, to pass that deer up. Yeah, yeah. Because, because for one thing, I, I've said it before, I'm literally with a majority of my closest friends mm-hmm. that I've grown up with, okay? All in the same house, sharing deer camp away from home. We are here to hunt. We have no other priorities. We have no other, yes, we have families that we still need to worry about and all that. I get that. But, you know, when you're at deer camp at home, it's like, ah, I'm going to run home and take a shower real quick. It's only 15 minutes, you know. Yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah, And we're here. It's camp. We're eating out of coolers, basically, you know. Um Sleeping in cots, like, this is camp. Yeah, you know, experience. And, like all, like, all my buddies, like, some of them are just getting married. Some of them are just having kids for the first time. Some of us have kids already and having more kids. And it's like, for us to be able to do this again the same way for this many days together is going to be a long time. I've said it before. Yeah. So, Killing a buck first night, second night, second morning. The hunt is great, but I want to be the camp bitch. I want to be <laughs> the guy that has to get the food ready, that has to get the guys to the stand, that gets to go glass deer as everybody else is hunting. Hey, you know, I got this deer pinned down. Somebody get out of the stand. I'm going to get you in there. Like, let's go do it. Like, that's part of the experience I don't want to miss, and I do not want to miss track jobs because – you know, this public land is huge. Yeah. And it's spread out like crazy. So, like, you know, you and I, there's a chance that we might not go on a track job if, if we didn't kill the deer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. if we're not with that group, you know, like, I want to go tracking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I want to crack some bush lights. Yep. And, and have camp. Like, so that's going to be going through my head, too. So, yeah. um, there's a lot. There's a lot weighing on it. Right there's a there. lot. There's a lot weighing on it. So that that's where I'm at. That's where I'm coming from. And it's you know, we paint a scenario. You know that the Pope and Young ten point, but it's like a lot of times, a lot of times it boils down to how the hunt actually unfolds. You know, or mm-hmm. who knows. You know what I mean? We're 
you know, you you have a you know three or four bucks run in, and they're just all dog in one doe, and one of them gives you a shot, and you're just full of adrenaline, and they all look really nice to you, right? Or if he comes, you know, working in off this giant CRP field, and you've been watching him for 438 yards, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, ah, if he gets to within 20 yards, I'll shoot him. When he gets to 19, then you're like, well, if he gets to 10, I'll shoot him. <laughs> yeah. And then it's finally like, okay, I got to shoot him. You know, yep. like it, the, every hunt's so different. So it's, it's so hard to say, but I, uh, what's, what's the biggest deer that these guys have killed out here over the, the handful of years they've been making this trip, do you know? 158. Whew. First year. First First year. buck they ever killed on the trip. Really? Yep. Just broke it, broke it in like that. First day. Jeez, first day, yep. first trip ever. Yep. They did in mid morning inst- too. Instantly, they just loved Kansas. Yeah. Now, okay, so let's let's talk about this a little bit, and we're gonna get these guys on the podcast too. You know, these nights and and chatting and everything. But this is the earliest these guys have ever made this trip. Mm-hmm. You know, usually they're coming out when our gun season is starting, November fifteenth. You know, because the aura is is Kansas is always a later rut, yep. which. I have mixed feelings about that. I've hunted when I was filming with the keepers and stuff like that. We hunted Kansas 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20. We hunted five years out here, and I was here every one of those years in in November. Yeah. And it wasn't like cut it wasn't cut and dry for me like seeing rut activity later. Yeah. Like every year it wasn't you know, you hear a lot of people say, well, it's always after Iowa. It's always after Missouri. It's like, yeah, it is farther south. I get it. But, like, we've seen just as hard as dogging on November 5th as we did on November 20th. Yep. Like, we have. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's all very situational, very, very location-dependent, I think, as well. Um, but, like, this is the first time they've, they're they going this early. Okay. You know, I think we're going to run into a lot more traffic. Okay. I think a lot more pressure than they have in the past, um, which it is what it is, you know. Uh, the deer are still going to be there. Still, they're still going to be good bucks. Um, yeah. Well, th- that's that's hard to – It's that's that's a hard one because, like you said, like a, a lot of people, when they think of Kansas, they think of the, the middle to the second half of November, right? Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect with pressure other than just what we've heard from other people, you know. For, so, you know – for being how big this this property is, this public ground, how many trucks would be a lot of trucks to you? Hmm. If you drove around one morning and you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of people have been around here. Yeah. I mean, we're talking anywhere from 15,000 to 20,000 acres we're talking, spread out. Yeah, here. like it, it would take a lot of trucks because ours, you know, like, and maybe it's not fair to maybe ask you or I this because of like, when I think of trucks, I think of trucks per acreage and, you know, even my private stuff in Michigan, like when I look at how many acres it is to how many guys hunt it, like that's pressure. Like if, if you came out here, Aaron, and you seen 20 trucks on 15,000 acres, that's not, that's nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you start thinking. Even if there's two guys per truck. Yeah. When you start thinking, you know. 40 guys. A hunter per you know, X amount of acres, like, dude, that's, that's not a lot. You know what I mean? And yeah, may, maybe a guy has 
a pin where you had your pin and he's there where you're at like okay that w that's one tree inside of 10,000 plus acres like okay I'll go somewhere else yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah like, and in the one thing about Kansas too is like they have Weeha land too like you could always divert and jump on something else Oh, you're yeah. a Weeha guy, huh? You say Weeha? Weeha. I think it's so dumb. Why? How people say Weeha. It's walk-in <laughs> hunting. Walk-in hunting people, access. They say Weeha, and I'm like, that's so Westy. That is so, like, flat bill, over my ear hat, like Westy saying. It's walk-in hunting, everybody. Walk-in hunting Weeha. access. That's, that's, that's where you get Don't the, be a Weeha guy. That's where you get the end part because you get the access at the end. Yeah, it, we get it. We get it. It's walking hunting. All right, let me ask you this: Are, are you against hunting it? No. Yeah, okay. I'm not against. You're it just at against. All. You, I'm you're, against you're, the people that call it weeha. Like what the hell? Let's let's make a deal. Okay. If by chance you kill a buck on walking hunting access land, you gotta say, absolutely not. <laughs> not doing it. Absolutely not. I think we should make a. I think we should make a bet though between okay. you and I. Okay. And I don't know what it is, but we should figure it out right now. Whatever, okay. it, whatever it's gonna be. All right. What tickles your fancy? Is it, is it, is it size of antler? Is it um, first one to kill a buck? Is it, um, I don't know. What's a little wager? Hmm. 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 Well, they already do. They already do. Like we we a, do have a okay. Yes, we do, do have a small buck pole. They do. They do pool. that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So you, we throw in. I don't know how much it is. We'll we'll explain it, and when we get one of these other guys on, but you throw a certain dollar amount in, and then you know you're not trying to kill the smallest buck. It's just whoever yeah. kills the smallest buck gets the pool. I think last year's pot was like two hundred and some dollars. Hey, <laughs> it pays for part of your pays for your Gas. lodging. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Almost pays for lodging. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if the guy in front of us wins it, maybe he can wash his truck. Yeah, Cole needs to wash his truck. Yeah, <laughs> no, he we, lives on a dirt road. Though. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll have to uh, we'll have to think of something because I tell you the one thing when I think about Kansas, I just think of a brew of a body. Okay, and maybe if there's a way that we could figure out who shoots the heaviest deer. I was thinking about that, but I don't know if any of these guys brought a scale. Right. Hey, we we just go to the local walmart we got like 10 to 12 like at home scales just laid out and we're like all right i got 18 pounds on this one and this one's got 36 yeah. <laughs> or we could do it we could just make it uh okay let's do this let's do this let's do measure from the oh nose to okay. the end of the tail stretched out stretched out okay and when you lay the deer down, the deer has to be just, you can't like, like he's, like he's lip curling. He's just got to be like laying there. You know what I mean? You're taking your measurement when he's hanging from a tree. Yeah. <laughs> just stretch right out. Or maybe we do that. Maybe you cock his head up mm -hmm. and he's like, he's lip curling. You go from a straight line, nose to the tip of the tail. Yep. Whatever that number is. And then, cause I mean that, that quantifies as like a big deer. Yeah. Like how long. Yeah. No, yeah, because cause like when I, I see, you know, that, that buck that you killed on your wall from Kansas, like when I see his body oh, compared dude, to the so other big. ones, it's like, that's that's right, you know, obviously I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully seeing some big rack bucks out here, but like the, the bodies itself, you know, like just seeing an old warrior out here in Kansas. So let's do, let's do the length and then do we do like, like 
biggest hoof size? I got an idea. I was gonna say the the longest nut. I, but. Was, <laughs> I was gonna let's do <laughs> if if the length part would be hard, let's do whoever has the highest number on the first mass measurements combined, like on each side. Left and right. Like the C1 mass, like the yes. bases? Yep, just okay. that number. Because that, then we're like, <laughs> we're, we're talking just, you know, you get the left C1 and the right C1. Those two numbers, add them up and never who's his highest. Wins. Okay, I like that. Yeah. So just going to do mass? Just just the C1 measurements. Okay. On we'll both add sides. them up. Yep. yep. I like that. Because that, that will be a good representation of a big animal. Yeah, yep. So what is... uh. What is the wager though? Like, what if? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Let's uh, man. Let me think. Let me think. What's something on top of your head? No, I'm trying to think of like what would be. Like I, I mean, get, like I get to give you a haircut or something. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. Let's let's do this. I will. We'll do this. The wager is this. I will pay for you and your wife to go out to dinner a place Steak of your dinner? place of your choice. Okay. Okay. I'll do I'll do the same. So place of your choice okay. uh for for a for a night out with your wife or for, a date night. Here we go. We'll do this. We'll do this. We can get it'll be you and your wife and mine and my wife. We'll go out. We'll we'll hit the new Ruth Chris up there in Mount Pleasant. Hell yeah, D- done deal. And we'll go the four of us, and never who wins has to buy to cover the bill. That's a that's a thick bill. It's a thick bill. That's a thick bill. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, deal. Shake there it is. Shake there it is. We're doing it. Shook on it. I like it. <laughs> All on a C. <laughs> Boy, just I'm gonna think- shoot the first puppy dog tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> No wispy deer. Can and just think like the buck that you killed in Kansas, even though he had Dude, a whole had, one side broke off, he would he would win that bat. He had thirty four inches broke off. Right, but you know what I'm saying? Like we're only taking C one measurements. Yeah. He would like that buck right there. I can't remember what his he was like I wanna say it was five and I wanna say his bases were like five and three eighths bases or something or five and Five and seven eighths, okay. something like that. It yep. was ridiculous. Um, the the guys that been going out here for a while, everyone knows Kansas of, you know, usually busted up bucks. Do they shoot a, quite a bit of bucks that are busted up out here? Or uh, let me think. Eddie shot a couple that were, were, like deformed deer, big deer. Like one that was one thirty eight, and he had like two huge spikes on his one side. Oh, I, I remember that picture. I like that. Yeah, I, that, yeah. that buck right there, that's right up my alley. I like yeah, that Yeah, he deer. shot that year one. That was a, that was a really good deer. Mm-hmm. Austin, I think he killed one that was broke up. He also killed a 14 point the first or second year that scored in the mid-40s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those guys have killed some bucks out here. You know, I really wish I would have brought the stats because um, – I did a podcast that never seen the light of day with these guys, but, or maybe it did. We talked about like, we talked about how many bucks were shot in four years, what the, their, their, their chance rate was 
like almost a hundred percent yeah chance yep um their best year was six for seven on guys that, that's a great year i mean i always but thought their average is like over 70 percent. yeah which which is crazy because i mean and maybe i was just being fed a line of bullshit but i can remember when i was a kid I, someone was telling me about like if you want to go out of state you know diy style whitetail hunting archery equipment if you take three guys and one guy's kills that that's 30 percent. that that's a pretty damn good hunt you know and when i heard kind of the success rate that these guys were having they, I quickly it was easy to figure out well that's not one in every three guys i yeah. mean if 10 guys are going six of them are killing and two other guys are having opportunities you know and, and when it comes down to an opportunity that's all you can ask for right? that's you know what, what i'm looking like, for it's just an opportunity yep whatever i can do with that opportunity is that's mm -hmm. up to me and up in the big man upstairs yep. you know what i mean yep. so it's like just asking for you know a chance to be able to punt to win at the end that's all that's yep. all i need yeah so they i think they've i think they've killed like 14 or 16 bucks in mm -hmm. four years i think or something like that i can't remember so i'm i've been saying this ever since all you guys invited me to come along i've got a good good gut feeling about this that that 158 record out here in camp gets broke this year. You think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it, do. I, I I got a chance. I, they, the thing is, is they've seen some giants oh, from buddy. the stand and from, yeah. the, and from the truck driving around. They've seen some giants. They're here. How many 200-inch how many deer do you think are on this, this place? Oh, man. 200-inch deer are so, are so rare. Um. I said, I said I was asked this the other day by one of the guys, and I said, I think there's three to four. Ooh, okay. I was thinking a little lower. Um, yeah, three to four might be high. Yeah, but it's huge. Yeah, it's it's huge. But you think of like the magical 200 itself. I mean, it it takes so much. There, there's yeah, such I a know. rare, rare animal itself. You know, like I, I honestly. If there's one in there, I think like, I I mean that'd be that's fantastic, you know? know. But if you're if you got any more than one, then if there's two in there, like my goodness, like that that you know like if you were farming for whitetails and you had two two of them on you know ten thousand acres, you'd be really damn happy. Right. Yep. But yeah, that's it's always fun to think about the the it's that's that's what's so awesome about like traveling out of state like this and you've done it a lot more than i have but like when you start crossing these state lines and thinking about what kind of caliber of deer we you you have an opportunity to go hunt compared to what we have at home boy does that just that kind of keeps your you know your ass in the saddle a little bit longer each day well you want to know what the cool thing is too that i thought about this coming down here is we can't run cameras, mm -mm. and I love that. Yep, I really love that because, in my opinion, when you do a drop-in hunt like this, whether it's on public or private or, you know, the only thing David and I know is the e-scouting we've done and some of the pictures that we've seen from the guys that they've taken from their trees over the years. Yep. You know, so, in my opinion, with a drop-in hunt like this, for I mean, we're gonna be able to hunt. Second, third, fourth, fifth, ninth, 
we're going to be able to hunt 10 days. Mm-hmm. We're hunting 10 days. In a drop-in hunt, the last thing I want to do is chasing camera intel. Yep. It's the last thing I want to do. I love the fact going in not knowing what the hell's here. Yeah. Well, and even though, you know, like you say, not knowing what the hell's here, the the one thing that I can pretty much guarantee you, at least for me, wherever I decide to hunt out here in Kansas, though there's a deer out there that I'd be tickled pink to shoot. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? So like there's multiple. Yeah, and it, it's not like in Michigan where we're just looking for at least a two and a half year old to be able to hunt. You know, like there that's that that's not that what we're dealing with. That poses a good question. How many bucks do you think roam the area that we're going to that you would kill? Ooh, I would say thirty. I, I, I'm going north of 20 for sure. Um, I don't, you know, like, I don't know what the, the buck to doe ratio is, right. you know, like I, I always in, like I said, I have a really small sample size, but like when I, the time I've spent in like Iowa and I know Iowa and Kansas are, are two different States, but I have heard a lot of, I've got close friends that like Kansas better than Iowa. And maybe it's just the style sure. of hunting or the terrain, terrain. hunting. But, like, you know, if I can find one 130-inch buck in Michigan, when I was in Iowa, like, if I find one in Michigan, there's five of them in Iowa, I felt like. Okay. And I feel like that's that equation's probably pretty close in Kansas, right? So, man, you got to think, you know, yeah, they may, they may not have as much cover, but, like, if I look at a square mile out there i can't help but think that if there's not three or four shooter bucks in that square mile when i say shooter bucks i'm talking 130 inch deer better Mm -hmm. if not more you know but what what would you what would you say i'd say at least 30 yeah 30 bucks in it you know i'm not saying i won't come out of here without a where you know with a 120 or a 115 Mm -hmm. like that's you know i'm human i could screw up too or a 115 comes by on the last day and he's and I don't want to eat a tag at that point or if I just want to like you know if that's it that's I'm not going to kill a deer just to kill a deer mm-hmm. it definitely has to trip my trigger but I don't know I yeah. literally don't know what's going to trip my trigger out here yeah. you know I I will shoot a spike with 6 inch bases on each side so I don't have to bite that. Tell me this. <laughs> if it does, dude, imagine if it comes down to the last sit and we're like, you know, somebody's got to come out of here with a $400 dinner. <laughs> I might shoot a spike. <laughs> just text you, David, have you killed anything? No, not yet. Last light, just like arrow flow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'd win the small buck pole. I just text a man. I'm like, hey, I need it. I'm staying every day until I shoot something bigger than the spike. <laughs> and I'd win the small buck pole probably. Oh, dude. Now, That's a payday. Yo, I'm on top now. Y- yeah. Then, like, you're, you're talking somebody's paying for your dinner at the casino, and now you got spending money at the yeah. casino. Hey, let's go. It's, that's not a bad gig. They got pull tabs. <laughs> They just walk into Ruth Chris, you know, do you get pull tabs and bush light here? Yeah. You got bush light on tap? <laughs> no. Nah. I guess we'll go to Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Is it okay if I bring my own uh, my own uh, dinner rolls in here? Yeah. You can imagine from Texas Can I bring Roadhouse. my own uh, white bread? Mm-hmm. What yeah. do I, so let me ask you this, Aaron. Yeah. As we were loading the truck up, I felt like 
I felt like I might have picked up a decoy. Is there a decoy in the back of the truck? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's. Tell me, tell me a little. Like, you brought a decoy. You brought rattle and antlers, or are you a rattle bag kind of guy? No, I'm rattle antlers guy. Real antlers. Yeah. Okay, so you got rattle, rattle and antlers. You got a decoy. You got a grunt call. Do you bring can call with you? Oh yeah, can call's my favorite. Call. Okay. <laughs> what a. It, Tell me, like, how many days in before the the decoy possibly see some action? Well, um, or is it all about like you got to see it, the location for one to work? Got to see a location. Got yeah, it. it's got to be an open location. I'm not gonna run a decoy in the timber. It's got to be. I I really want to hone in on. I I'm. I it doesn't matter where I go in the country. I am drawn to open areas. I really like open areas. I like the sea. I like to, especially in the rut, I like to be able to work deer. I like to be able to call to one if I see one, get him to come. Dude, there isn't a better sight than seeing a big deer make a move and you either rattle or grunt, snort, reese at him, and he stops, turns on a dime, and comes at you. (laughs) I love the feeling, like the thought in your head, and I'm going to swear here, cover your kid's ears, the thought of like, oh, fuck, he's coming. Yep. He's coming right now. I made him come here. And then he comes right in, you bend him back, and you just, yeah. you when know. He, like when he turns, like you said, when he turns, he takes that first step, but then his ears go back. It's yeah. like, oh, he's <laughs> he's he's committed. He's coming. Um, it, it, It's going to be a little bit to probably bring the, it, I, it, I'm not going to make a call, but like, you know, the thing's kind of a, kind of a lug to get out there. Mm-hmm. So like, I would really like it to be like an all day sit deal. Yeah. <laughs> lugging a lot of shit in there um but um we'll see i definitely got to change my technique up because when i use it in michigan which i've shot deer i've shot good bucks with it over in michigan and usually i take an antler off um and i won't in michigan i won't put both of his ears back like he's like they're pinned back like Mm -hmm. he's gonna but here i'd run i might take an antler off just to make it look even more like a buck that is just got his ass kicked but i will put both of his ears back pinned back like he is ready to he's full tilt ready to go yeah so yeah that would be in like yourself filming out here mm-hmm. so you know just put put the camera right on the decoy and here you come i i don't care who you are like when you when you see footage of it of the you know a deer working its way into decoy my favorite part is when they're just all puffed up yep like that they get that deep dark color and all that hair standing up like i was and they're just sidestepping like they they just can't they can't handle it (laughs) but i've never i've never seen that in person you know because i you know like yeah oh gosh i've never seen that in person you know like i always my thought was always like in michigan like you i never did anything like that yeah well, you're gonna have to take, you're gonna have to take Hank then. <laughs> it's Hank Williams Jr. Is that is that his name? Yeah. <laughs> Bought him in 2012. Don't know. I just, it was Hank Jr. That's what I called him, mm-hmm. and that's just. He hasn't been out of the bullpen in a couple years though. I haven't had really much yep. to 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 use him, but I did bring something else. I did bring some uh, dough urine. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. You, where'd you get that at? Um, well, I bought it at the local sporting goods shop, Shaper's Bait and oh, okay. Tackle. Yeah. Sporting goods, do you, yeah, local. Do you have to keep it cold or, like, what are we talking? Is uh, it real? No. <laughs> you no. <don't> know. <laughs> hey, Aaron, no. Just, Aaron just pulled it off his cargo pocket. No. 
<laughs> no, honestly, like it doesn't matter what, like for this trip, I would use it for this trip, and then it's if I use it all, I use it all. But if if I don't, it's it it's only good for this year. Like yeah. I'm not gonna. I use Buckstop Sense 200 proof, mm-hmm. uh, Doestrus. We used it for a lot of years. Uh, Buckstop's actually a Michigan company. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And uh, really good company. They make some really good sense. I got, you know, I know the owners. I, you know, actually when I, uh, back in the day, back in like 2008, 2009, when we, we had our own hunting, our first hunting group, it was called Mainframe Outdoors. And uh, we actually worked with Buckstop, Brian Johansson, and uh, his wife, really good people. Yep. And uh, just kind of helped them out with some content stuff. And, you know, that's kind of when I we got introduced to the Buckstop 200 proof stuff. And, dude, drag rags, I will be doing a drag rag for okay. sure, 100%. Like yeah. you're going to tie it on your boot? Yeah, either tie it on my boot or just pull it from behind or, like, you know, pull it with a hand or put it on my saddle or something or – Okay, so are you, I don't usually. Okay, let me go back. I usually don't tie it on my boot because I will hold it off to the side of me. I don't like, you know what I mean. Like what I'll do is I'll walk to the side and hold it out, mm-hmm. or I'll grab a stick where I can hold it out. You know what I mean, and get kind of get it off my track. Okay, that's my whole thought process on it, I guess. So, okay, so you're pulling this thing through. So are you gonna like walk out in front of where your setup is, where you want him to walk? Or are you just using it to somewhat like cover your trail in there? Um, no, I'm not necessarily gonna walk out and, you know, going into an area where I've never been now, um, I'm not gonna come right out of the gate and use it tomorrow morning. I really wanna see where the, or tomorrow night. I really wanna see what the deer, what their mindset is in. Um, I will say like, if I'm going into a new area with it, I do want to, like, when I get to a location where I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to find a tree mm-hmm. 30 or 40 yards before I get up to it. Because what I'm going to do, is, depending on the wind, is I'm going to try to make a loop. I'm going to try to make, like, a J-hook. But I want to be able to kill him at a certain point. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do want to be able to shoot where I put the thing in the tree. Yep. Um, so just depends on the wind. And they're going to want to come downwind of it usually. So I want to J-hook it in a certain way where if they do, in fact, come downwind of the scent, I do have either they are blocked from it and they cannot get downwind of me and they have to come in front of me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I can still kill them that way. A um, couple different thought processes there, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's fun that we're going to, you know, going to hunt somewhere that any of like, we can try this stuff, mm-hmm. right? And it only takes one animal. Yeah. One animal to cut that, you know, cut that track or cut that scent and comes in on a dime and next thing you know, it's, you love it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's it's perfect. But yep. yeah, I, I brought, I brought some rattling, rattling antlers, you know, it's, it's been, I haven't carried those things since I was in Iowa back in 2020, but I fully expect that when we drive home, my hands will look like probably hamburger oh, yeah. just all tore Amber. out from <laughs> just some round chuck <laughs> just round chuck 80 20 oh gosh okay i don't do because maybe i don't i haven't you know used them enough but man it's like every time i do a man i just just cutting the hands up just pinching out just nasty i want to smell the bone oh yeah but I, I i tell you though you know back when i went to iowa with them it was like 
you know, I can remember the first time hitting them, nothing. Okay, whatever. Second time hitting them, nothing. Then got in, you know, a different day went by and I hit him and I'll never forget it. You know, he wasn't a shooter, but he was like this 110, 115 inch buck. And he, Aaron, it was so fun to toy with this buck. Like he come out of this pine thicket and just right to the bottom of the tree, like, like instantly. Then he would walk right back up to that pine thicket, and I would hit him again, and he would turn oh. around and come right back again. What a <laughs> dummy. Oh, it just, just, in, I was just filming it with my phone, you know, because I wanted to show the kids, but it was like, man, if I could just get a big one to do that. But, it, like, that showed me, like, okay, like, it does work in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And you get the right deer with the right attitude in, in, in the exact, like, perfect you know scenario and it's like holy cow it, it was fun to watch you yeah. like but i you know what was so wild and i've always heard guys talk like th- about it dude like i stopped rattling and i didn't see him yet but the fact that he could he pinpointed that like i'm t- he came to like within inside 10 yards like he knew exactly where that was yeah that is that is awesome that they can do that i know it is crazy it's a lot like a turkey with a box call or something mm-hmm. like that if you if you blind call a turkey in and like it's crazy they'll come right on a dime to like the blade of grass you were sitting on and it's wild but you know you just brought up something with iowa i don't want to bring up any bad wounds or open any bad wounds but this is kind of a redemption tour mm. for you yeah. isn't it yeah yeah you know when when you talk when you ask me about uh if I've killed anything on, on public land like this out of state and yeah, I, I missed, you know, it, he's still of a lifetime isn't steer. Oh well, yeah. Like still to the day, like it's the largest white tail I've ever had an opportunity out in, in Iowa. And that was on November 10th, you know, and that was my day, five days in five <laughs> days into that hunt, you know, me and, uh, me and my good buddy were out there and, and, uh, it just, it was a weird, like, I look back now, like, I, I wish I was in a saddle back then because it would have been, just been a chip shot, but, like, I was in a tree stand at that time, and, it, like, he came in directly behind me, you know, so I had to turn around and shoot, and, you know, just in the heat of the moment, I, I, I just wasn't paying attention enough that I thought that if I turned around and shot between the safety harness and, and getting the bull to full draw, if I could get it to full draw, I could kill him. Cause he was, I mean, he was 10, 11, 12 yards is close. Well, when I came to full draw, I, I failed to realize that there was like this broken, like rotten branch inside of basically between like my ca- my like cables and my string. And when I let it eat, yeah, I mean, that arrow deflected so hard, you know, from that, that string slap and that, that, like, that branch that was in between there, and that, that one hurt, that one hurt a lot, you know, but, that's yeah, but it happens, you know, but, and, you know, I left Iowa without a filled tag, you know, a tag that people wait forever for, but, like, I felt so fulfilled after that hunt, like, the way, you know, my buddy was able to shoot his biggest buck at the time, you know, night number one on that hunt and just day in, day out, kept working in, kept working in closer, seeing some of the, the largest whitetails I've ever seen. The hunt played out. I got to hunt the full length of, you know, my, my planned vacation. And, but that is the one hunt. Like if I could ever change anything back other than like, this was the type of branch, like that branch at like 
if you seen it in the tree and if you just took your hand and just kind of like palmed it, it, it would like br- break. break. Yeah. And I, yeah, like outside of like doing that, that is the one hunt where like earlier today we talked about not getting too mobile. I did that a few times in Iowa. And, and every time I did that, it, it took me one hunt to realize that I was like, DJ, get your ass back into that good area. You, you're, you've had multiple encounters. Like, why are you leaving target deer to go find other target deer? Mm-hmm. And I really wish I would have rolled the the hole there even more. Like, yeah, I got my opportunity, but like, I should have just spent spent my entire my entire trip there, honestly. And it, but that's hard to do, right? Yeah. And in that spot, Aaron can make it a long oh, trip. That spot right there has zero cell phone service. So like even though like <laughs> I'm there I'm there with my buddy, like there's there's zero communication. Once I drop down into that that bottom, it, you couldn't talk to anyone until you walked out of there at night. Hmm. And it was, you know How many all day sits were you doing? I sat every day all day. Oh all, you did? All, dude. So we got there on November fifth and my buddy killed that night. And our truck looked just like this one. And we we literally hunted out of the truck like just like how this truck looked like, but our cabin wasn't ready because we rented a cabin, and it wasn't ready. So we're like, dude, let's go hunting. Might as well. And he killed that night, so we had to deal with that. But then, so okay, maybe I take that. The very first, the very next day, I don't think we I hunted all day because I wanted to go to, uh, take take my buddy's deer into the processor and taxidermist. So we did that during the day. But then, like, so that was the 5th. We got there the 6th. I helped them. And on the morning of the 7th, the morning of the 7th was when it, he was like a zombie slow walking this doe. And he had the, the tallest row of tines I've ever seen in my life. And I'll never forget, what are those trees called that have, like, those softball size like, orange grapefruit? I call them hedge apple trees. Hedge but apple. I, I, that's what I call them. Hedge apple trees. I watched him have to walk under one, and he had to like put his head down to the side like an elk walking through big. And oh, from man. and I was like, I and I was like, I'm not leaving. I I will not leave for the rest of the day. And that's all I did. I sat and that place had no cell phone service, dude. It was it was. Did pretty, you try to call him, Adam, or anything like that? Oh yeah, did yeah. You? But you know, like like we've talked about, like he had that dough. I needed him without the dough. Yep. But for all the listeners, you've probably heard me kind of talk about this a lot about not really knowing how to deal with like CRP and that I've always avoided it. That big deer right there on November 7th morning somewhere in Iowa, that deer right there taught me everything I needed to know because if I've told I've said it before, it took me about 3 or 4 days to figure out like okay, the CRP is not bad. No, because when No, we, it's not. We when where I come from in Michigan, like that feels too open. Yep. Like it feels too open. But like for the my whole rest of my vacation in Iowa, it was like they all were coming out of that. They weren't mm-hmm. coming out of where I was set up. They were dropping down into that in the mornings. Like they were coming off all that big nasty CRP ground. They were dropping down into like the bottom, the creek bottoms in the morning, and that's how I was catching them. But yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was the the. The, you know the royal mess up in Iowa, but yeah, this is uh this is I guess a redemption tour. This is my first really big out of state trip again since you know 2020. So, what what is going to be your plan in Kansas? So you said a lot of all day sits. Are you going to be 
once you get into an area and you think it's it's right, are you going to be sitting all day? Yeah, so, you know, we arrive in, in, in Kansas, and we kind of talked about the weather a little bit. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to waste the days away, but I tell you what, the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, boy, I, th- those are circled on my calendar. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. For, for this trip. The weather, the, the calendar dates, everything. So in never being out here, because that is one thing that's different, is when I went to Iowa, I had spent time in the off-season. I made those trips out there to scout. This is all new ground. Like, I am very anxious for the sun to come up tomorrow yeah. tomorrow morning just to be able <laughs> yeah. to see, like, okay, what do we got here? And, and I'm really excited for it, like, really excited. Because I've been out to Kansas before. I just never came out here hunting. Um, so my first couple of days, I'm, I, you know, I want to be hunting, like, when we get there tomorrow, I want to be hunting tomorrow night because I think the following morning could be really good because it's yeah. one of the last kind of cooler mornings before this this warm weather moves in. But I'm going to spend some time during the days in between my morning hunts and evening hunts to do some scouting. But I don't need to, like, I just need to find two or three really good areas, Aaron, that sets up for the these wind directions. Uh, maybe if Maybe I find a pinch and I can hunt it on either side of the pinch as the wind changes around that seventh, eighth and ninth time frame. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overthink it. This is November. I am in a, a really good state. I'm in a really good unit. And part of this hunting means you know, reading the sign, finding, you know, maybe whether it be a group of does or the the bedding areas, or the pinch or funnel, and putting some time in the saddle. And that's that's it. I know it sounds somewhat simple, but that's that's the equation for November for me. Yeah, I'm right there with what's, you. What's kind of your your thought? Like when well, we get down here, you know, our our drive is is so far from the property, and you know, so it's not. It's not going to be like we're going to go hunt the morning and then go back home, make a Sammy, and, and come back out. We're going to be on the on the property all day, every day, whether we're hunting or not. My whole thing is, you know, I want to get into an area. I've got a couple pins, a couple sections I want to look at tomorrow. I'm going to dive into one. That's going to work good for tomorrow night and work good for Friday morning because I'm just going to go back. Like, I'm just going to go back to that same spot. Um and then you know after friday morning's hunt i'm going to make a call then okay. you know what i mean of like do i get down and scout some more areas which i wouldn't think would be a bad idea i wouldn't mind uh scouting on you know friday midday for maybe another a different spot friday night um but then also i kind of want to parlay that Friday night sit wherever that is to be possibly my Saturday morning sit. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I like that um, a lot. Going into an area I've never been before, you know, not that I can't find a tree or can't a lot of this stuff is thicker than hair in a dog's back. I I want to see it in the daylight so I know I'm not getting into a spot when I get up in the tree in the dark and I look down and I have not one shot. Yeah. I not you know what I mean with no pockets, no nothing. So and once I start getting a Rolodex of a couple different spots, I can bounce back and forth. Because like you, you know, next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if I'm still toting a tag, more than likely I'm going to be all day sitting, mm-hmm. you know, in areas. Like if 
if it's a thing to save your energy, I'm saving my energy for those three days yep. or four days to, to sit all day in a saddle. Yep. That, like, is, that is my goal. Yeah. And like, and like we talked about, like having these, you know, these sections somewhat well figured out and somewhat dialed where like when those best high percentage sits come that we're ready for it. But also like letting the deer tell us, you know, like yes. visually, you know, we can scout as much as we want and we can read the sign, but there's also something to be said about visually seeing deer do something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're, you're seeing, you know, yeah, you know, five, six bucks work a ridge and they're not on the ridge that you're on or in the creek bottom that you're on, hey, then it's time to move. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because we, we don't have a whole season to hunt out here. We we got to make it happen in a week. So letting the deer also kind of tell you what to do. I'm I'm open to that too. I'm, there's no, uh, there's nothing that I won't unturn and be like against. I won't get stuck in my ways out here, you know, but I also, my one goal is though, is, is not to get too mobile, like spend the time in the good areas. Like that is very important. Well, to these me. sections are so big. We, you and I've talked about it that. You could pick one section and you could bounce around that section for 10 days and probably you, you'd be in 10 different areas that you'd be totally different. Mm-hmm. Like this, this, this area hunts so much bigger than it looks. Oh, it'd take, you know? you, take you years. Yeah. Even if you lived out here, it'd take you years to figure That's this out. A, and and I, I'm going to say it now. I might eat my words, but I, I agree. I might pick one. I have one to two sections right now that I've really put a lot of time e-scouting in. I mean, a sickening amount of time e-scouting. And now it's just to the point where I've e-scouted so much, I need to see it. Yep. I need to have boots on the ground. I need to get in. need to figure it out. That's where I'm at. I don't want to get into the game, like I just said 20 minutes ago, of chasing cameras. I don't want to get into the game of chasing, like, I shouldn't say chasing sign, because that's not what I'm trying to say. Like, when I'm moving, that deer's probably moving. Like, mm-hmm. when I think he's making the move, like, he could be making a different move. Like, you know, something like that. Like, yep. I'm going to, I'm not going to ride the hole for four days if it's not working. If it's not working after two days, I'm moving. Yep. yep. Like, that's just where it's at. Yeah. You know? And you got to think, you know, if you got overnight lows in the, you know, upper 40s and low 50s, and then if it's going to get and, you know, teeter at 70 degrees. That's pretty enjoyable scouting temperatures. Like 100%. You, you can strip down, you know, a pair of, uh, you know, Wrangler pants and a merino wool top and you got your bow and, you know, maybe that's all you have to go out scouting and then you come back and set up where it's like, you can cover some ground out there like yeah. that. And, and that, that's important too, especially, like you said, trying to learn a brand new area. But I, I'm just looking forward to it, dude. I, I cannot wait, like I said, for the sun to come up to kind of get a grasp of what it feels like I'm I, you know, as much as map scouting is fun, like you said, I'm I'm tired of looking at the maps. I'm tired of looking at, you know, street views, trying to figure out yeah. what looks like what. Like I'm just I'm just ready. Like I've I've Googled searched every image I could find of the of an area of just kind of what it looks like. I'm ready to lace up the boots, put <laughs> grab my bow and just go, man. That's that's what I'm looking for. And I tell you what, this is I and I'm gonna love this part of it. I get to come back every day, or it's not even going to be at night, but, like, I get to listen to, like, 10 other guys, their their stories, and what action they're seeing throughout the days. Like, 
that's going to keep you, you know, keep you driving forward to keep you motivated also, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, man. This has been a long time coming. I am too. And that's, uh, I think that's where we'll commence this thing, man. Hour 40 into it. We've got, you know, still 10 hours of this drive left, which is, it is what it is. That's yeah. We, we're rolling though, suck. man. We're not far off from a state line here. So no, we're going to see the sun start rising here in about six hours or mm-hmm. so. And, uh, that'll be nice, but yeah. That that's you know this is episode one of the Kansas series. We'll be back again for tomorrow night. Hopefully, we got maybe one success story down. Hopefully, yep. Whether it's you or I, or whether it's one of the other guys, you yep. know. Yep. So that's the plan. But there it is, guys. Thank you guys very much for all the support and all the downloads. Go to iTunes, leave a five star rating, leave a written review. Do the same thing on Spotify, and uh, hopefully, you guys love these live updates. And uh, if you guys have any questions. Hit us up on the DMs or anything like that. Don't forget to get into the Garmin giveaway. Go to our Instagram page and uh, get entered into that right now. So thank you guys very much, and we'll be here tomorrow on the Fall Podcast.